Bibles, we're actually going to take a look at one of the lessons from, from uh, this week for Palm Sunday week. It's Philippians 2, 5 through 9. Philippians 2, 5 through 9. If you're in staff, we're actually going to look at all the verses today, all the verses. In staff, I shared on one verse. Um, when I began to read these verses, just kind of, you know, going, going through the week, weekly lessons. How many of you guys go through the weekly lessons? I'm just curious. Yeah. It's, been, it's always really interesting to, to go through. As I was going through them and, and, and I got to this one, I actually saved it for last. I, I read the Old Testament, the Psalm, and I read the, um, the gospel lesson. And I, for whatever reason, I didn't, this one's like third, I think, in order, if you're looking at that thing. I, I saved it for last. And <clears throat> when I was reading through it Monday morning, uh, I read it this way. This is Philippians 2, 5 through 9. <clears throat> Philippians 2, 5 through 9. It reads this. It says, in your relationships with one another... Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. And I stopped right there. On Monday, I read that. And then on Tuesday morning, as I was prepping for staff, I read that again, and I stopped right there. And if I was really honest, I probably could fill 20 minutes talking about what that meant to me without even reading the rest of the verses that are there. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ. For me, that was just an eye-opening sentence, a heart-wrenching sentence in my life. That what, what he's saying here to us and what God is calling us to is that in every single relationship we have, no matter the depth of it, no matter how old the relationship is or how new the relationship is, our mindset is called to be that of Christ Jesus. And I admitted to staff that not always is my mindset that way. And I assume if you guys are honest with me right here, we could all stand up and say, my mindset is not always that way. That's because often I walk through my relationships based on kind of my own understanding, my own um, willpower, my own thoughts, my own ideas, and not with the mind of Christ. I operate very much on my own mind, and what I think is fair, what I think is right, what I think is just. Because often I like to think that what I think is fair, what I think is just, is what Jesus thinks is fair and just. But then as I dig into that, I realize what I think is fair and is, I think is just is not always the same thing that Jesus thinks is fair and just. Because when I think fair and just, I think fair and just to me. What is fair and just to me, if you talk to my mom, I'm the youngest of four. One of my favorite statements is, that's not fair. How many youngest we have in here? Yes, right? That's not fair. That's one of our statements of life. I lived by that code or tried to. My parents didn't let me. But I tried my hardest to live by the code. That's not fair. It was one of my go-tos. And as I began to read through this and began to let the Lord do a work in my heart, I began to realize my problem is not, not that life's not fair, is that I don't understand fully the justice that God is, is, is wanting us to walk in, the righteousness that God is wanting in us, the fairness that God is wanting us to walk into. So I want to dig into this this morning. We're going to read actually all the verses this morning, um, and not just verse 5. So I'm going to read it again. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus who being in very nature God, he did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing 
by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in the appearance of man. He humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every other name, that every tongue acknowledge that Christ Jesus is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. As I began to kind of mull through this and began to work my heart through this and, and, and just kind of read these verses over and over again, I began to ask, how do I do this? How do we walk in the relationships that we need to walk in? So that the end of this verse says, so that they acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of, the God, of God our Father. It, it, it dawned on me that if we walk in relationships well, God's glory is revealed. God didn't just give us guidelines for relationships so we just have good relationships. He didn't give us guidelines for relationships just so we would feel good. He gave us guidelines for walking in relationships so his glory could be revealed. We were reading through um, the Psalm 23 in, in confirmation. And we talked about he does everything for his namesake, not for my namesake, not so that I can be praised, not so that I can be glorified or I can be right or I can be just or I can be um, whatever it might be, but it's so that his glory could be revealed. So, as I often do, I begin to ask, how does this work, Lord? How do I do this? And if you bump up to the start of this chapter, verse 1, you begin to see some of the answers to these questions that I have, at least. I hope you have the same questions. Therefore, if, any, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit of any tenderness and compassion then make my joy complete by being like-minded. Having the same love, being in one spirit and in one mind. Do nothing out of selfish interest and ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. So I have somewhere between three and five points for you this morning, depending on how this goes on how to walk in relationships that bring glory to God. Because this is not just about how to walk in relationships. This is about how to walk in relationships that where we see the glory of God appear. And I think it starts with, and I've said this before, it starts with our relationship with the Lord and remembering how he has treated us. If we want to have the mindset of Christ, then we need to remember how he has treated us. And here it says, in your relationships with one another... I have the same mind. Oh, I'm on the wrong one. Therefore, if any of you have encouragement from being united with Christ or any comfort from his love, if you have any common sharing in the spirit, any tenderness and compassion, I realize that when I wake up in the morning, God's love is present because I woke up. God's mercy is present by opening my eyes. The fact that I'm here on this day is the compassion and the grace and the mercy of God. That's his love saying, I have this day for you. I've given you this day. When I walk through my relationships and I walk through my day, if I, if I look, I can see the love of God all around me. I can see the compassion of God. I can see the unity in my life, and I can see the people in my life that he has brought, and I see the mindset of Christ towards me that always walks in grace, always walks in forgiveness, always walks in mercy, always walks in truth. Always walks, we talked about it this morning, always walks in redemption. 
So if we want to walk in these relationships and we want to be like Christ and we want to do the things that Christ has called us to do in these relationships, first we have to remember and steal our mind on what Christ has done in our life. And the only way we do that is by binding our hearts to his. By spending that time with him and letting him show us who he is and what he has for us. To let him show us that grace and that mercy that follows us all the days of our lives. To show us the parts in our life that aren't true that need to be fixed. The parts in our life that need to be redeemed and restored. The parts that he has redeemed and he has restored. Well, I'm super excited about the upcoming series on testimonies because we begin to hear each and every person's story about what God did in their life. What God redeemed in their life. What God restored in their life. What God forgave in their life. What truth they learned from the Lord. And I'm hoping that as we do that, we begin to remember and remind ourselves how good Christ is to us. So we have to be with him. And then it says, we have to do everything out of, well, I almost said everything out of selfish ambition. That's not how that line goes. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or or vain conceit. When, uh, when When I was starting actually to prepare this this word for Sunday morning was a couple weeks ago because I love Palm Sunday. And I was excited about talking about, uh, you know, the donkey coming and all the palms laying down and all that good stuff. It really is one of my favorite Sundays. And, you know, a lot of churches don't actually celebrate Palm Sunday. Big on Easter. I've loved that <clears throat> our church and the church I grew up in celebrate Palm Sunday. <clears throat> and uh, I was reading through it and I began to kind of get to the end of the story you find in Luke 23, 32, 43. And sorry if this is one of your words for Good Friday. If you're sharing on one of these words for Good Friday, you can take this if you want. It says, uh, two other men, you don't need to flip there, I'll just read it to you. It says, two other men, both criminals, were also led out to him to be executed. When they came to the place called the Skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals. On his right hand and one on his left, Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots and people stood there watching and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others. Let him save himself. If he is God's Messiah, he is the chosen one. Here's where I think Jesus set the standard for us, and you see the standard continued through, through the um, Acts and the, and the apostles and the disciples. Said, there was nothing about Jesus that was out for his own, his own self. And here, even though he was being mocked and he was being scorned and he was being crucified for nothing, his words were spoken and they were forgiveness. Those aren't selfish and conceited words. Those aren't, life's not fair, I'm going to ignore you. Those are words that this is how Jesus operates. And this is what it means to be just and for God to be just is to speak forgiveness where it wasn't asked for. Yeah, I, I said this a few, few weeks ago when I was preaching about um, Stephen and he spoke forgiveness where it wasn't even asked for. If we want to stop walking in our relationships in vain conceit, the best way is not to try and stop doing that. The best way is to flip all the way to the other side and to always be looking out for the other person, to always be willing to speak forgiveness, even when forgiveness wasn't asked, to to be willing to put others in front of yourself, even if you weren't asked to. to Not to wait every single time for somebody to have a need, but to begin to meet the need. Often when we try and to get away from something that God doesn't want for us, we try to stop doing it versus just stepping into what he's called us to do. And here it says that he spoke forgiveness. 
I think one of the things that you have to be able to do in order to see the glory of God revealed in your relationships is you got to be willing to set aside everything in, of your own. All selfish conceit, all things about life's not fair. I think you have to set, set down fear of what might happen. You got to set down pride of how maybe you were wrong. You got to set down offense. If Jesus can set down offense in this way, we should be able to do it a lot easier. Nobody's calling for us to be crucified over something we didn't do. But boy, will we hold an offense for a month or two or a year. We have to put that stuff aside. And we have to begin to be obedient. I think one of the strongest statements in here is two things. That God, Jesus didn't use his position as God to lord over somebody. But he used his position as God to serve somebody, furthering a relationship. It says, who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant. It's interesting. Here, I, when I read this, it's not quite stated, but I really felt what the Lord was saying is he's given some of you positions of authority in people's lives where you have people under you that maybe you, you own a business or, or you, uh, just where you work, people are under you, and, and he's given you that for a reason. Not so you can lord it over them, but so that you can develop a relationship that glorifies God, so that you can lead them into a place where they can meet Jesus. It's not just so you can have a position, not just so you can be an authority, not so you can get a better paycheck. It is meant for the goodness and the glory of God. And that's what he did here. He said he didn't use it to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as man. He humbled himself, and here it is, by becoming obedient to death. Obedience. I promise. I say it all the time, and I promise it shows up everywhere. And having godly relationships that reveal the glory of God requires us to be obedient. It requires us to be obedient because God has a way that he wants us to function in relationships that our human nature does not want to do. And so it requires obedience. Like I said, obedience to death is what Jesus did. What we're beginning to, to walk through is the, the last days of Christ, and he was obedient unto death. He, he came riding in on that donkey to be obedient to death so that you and I might have eternal life. And God's calling us to do the same. Are we willing to be obedient in every aspect of every relationship so that God's glory may be revealed? Are we willing to speak forgiveness where it's not asked for? Are we willing to lay down our pride? Are we willing to lay down our fears of what might happen to see the glory of God? This is how Jesus operated. All through the New Testament, we see droves of people, droves of people coming to Christ. When, he, when Jesus was alive or, or when, uh, after the apostles. But you also see these moments where Jesus built a relationship with people and served them individually. You see it with Zacchaeus. You see it with the woman of the well. You see it with the woman who reached out for them. He would stop and he would make those relationships happen. They weren't long-lasting relationships. They weren't ones that he had built over you know, 15 or 20 years. But he was willing to stop and to have that relationship so that the glory of God might be revealed to these people. And so my question for you this morning is what is God calling you to do 
in your relationships? Where is it that God is calling you to be obedient in these relationships? So that therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every other name and every tongue would acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. It's interesting, even as I have been going over this this week, I've never really understood and never really grasped the fullness that God's glory could be revealed in relationships. It's just nothing, something that hasn't dawned on me. It hasn't really been revealed to me, or, or maybe I just have been lax and haven't noticed. And I'm a relationship kind of guy. I like to hang out. I like to talk. I like to have relationships, and I like to have as many as I can. Not that I don't struggle in a lot of them, and not that I don't get it wrong a bunch. But in all those, I've never really understood this idea that in this, in this like-minded of Christ, that we walk in the, the mind of Christ in our relationships, the glory of the Lord can be revealed. That was until I got a text a few days ago. Don't, <laughs> don't look at me. Give me just a sec. I got a text, and it reads this way. There's a picture, two people in a relationship from a friend of mine. And it was two sides that had laid down a lot of fear in order to build a relationship. And this text reads this way, and it's amazing. You want to talk about testimony. It says, I have struggled mightily with doubt. This is the guy who sent it to me. Wondering how God's will would square with my own. What a great statement. What a fantastic statement. And he, he said, but I know that's not right. He said, well, this picture is one of one of the few times I can recall where I was actually in the presence of his glory. I know it's just one moment in my story, but I wanted to share with you for how much power it has for me that you might be blessed by it. How incredible. A moment where two people were united, where the glory of God was revealed because people put aside fear, stepped out of their comfort zones, and tried to build a relationship based on obedience. First time in my life, 45 years, where I saw the glory of God in a relationship. As I was reading through the the rest of the lessons, I I got to this place where the thief is on the cross, and God looks at him, and the thief, you know, corrects the other thief, and he says, remember me, and God says, I will remember you. And you will be with me in paradise. Right there and in an instant, the glory of God revealed in that guy's life. You know, that, that guy didn't go to first communion class. He didn't go to confirmation class. That guy wasn't baptized. But he built a relationship with Christ. And Christ was obedient and spoke these words to him. And he is with him for eternity. And in that moment, the glory of God was revealed. And it's dawned on me that, that God wants to do that more and more in our life. To reveal the glory of God in each of our relationships. That his name might be praised through the way we have relationships. So that people outside will see the relationships that we create and say, there is something I have never seen before. This is what God wants to do. This is one of the reasons Christ came on this earth is so that we may have relationships with people that reveal the glory of God. And so I want to challenge you this week as we roll and start beginning to go through the the last days of Jesus to remind yourself to have the mindset of Christ as he was walking in that road and he was coming down on Palm Sunday and going to the cross that we would walk through our relationships with that same mind. That he was willing as he passed those people to do whatever it took for them to know Jesus.
as they laid down their palms and laid, he knew what was before him and he still walked the road so that the glory of God may be revealed in his life. I pray we do the same. In Jesus' name, amen.